A little aloha around the world and breakfast with Bob. Pancho man, welcome everybody back to Breakfast with Bob. Not quite Kona edition. We are brought to you by Hoka One One by Master Spas Clash Endurance. You can hyper ice premium plus sports form smart swim goggles, and of course, our challenged athletes foundation. We sent out 3,038 grants totaling 5.1 million dollars during a COVID time to keep athletes in the game of life through sport. Our next guest is seriously one of our favorite people on the planet. He has the most diverse background of any athlete we interview. 2004 Olympic rower. Uh, I don't think there's any professional triathlete who's ridden in the Giro and the Vuelta. He's won Ironman Italy, fifth and Iron Kona 2019. He's still, he's cycling on Team Ineos, just broke the course record and won Ironman Copenhagen. Mr. Cameron Worth joins us. How you doing, Cam? Good, thanks, Bob. Yes, um, yeah. Wow, thanks for the the introduction. Always makes me blush. And um, yeah, there's nothing quite like uh, quite like catching up with you to um, to boost the morale, especially <laughs> as we hit the hit the depths of winter here in the northern hemisphere. <laughs> hey, so let's talk about Copenhagen because. Uh, you're, you're on team Ineos. Uh, you had a lot of guys coming off of, uh, 2020 Olympics, uh, multiple gold medals and bronze for uh, Rohan Dennis. So we, you were probably chomping at the bit to go race somewhere. When, when did you decide Copenhagen was going to be it? Yeah, absolutely. It was, I mean, uh, yeah, watching all your teammates succeed and, and, um, their success and, and, and not only that, but, you know, okay, I guess in the case of the Tom Peacock, for example, I was training with him, you know, up until, you know, the day the day he left <laughs> to go there. So, you know, and 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 someone like him, you know, would sort of say, "Oh, you, you know, you look like you're in pretty good shape," and you know, you must be getting excited about Kona, which at that time it was, you know, it was an important building preparation, you know, block in uh, the summer for me to before I went back and did a little bit more bike racing before then, you know, building up for Kona and um, yeah. So of course. Um, Seeing them then compete at the Olympics and all that success, I thought, well, far out. I'm, I'm probably yeah, managed in pretty decent shape. You know, maybe I should look to to do an Ironman because obviously at that point I, I didn't necessarily need to do one. Um, and uh, yeah, it was the case of looking at the calendar, looking at who'd be racing where, and um, you know, Frankfurt and Copenhagen were kind of the two options. And yeah, I mean, obviously Lionel's a you know a good benchmark. Um, that's one great thing about Lionel. You know, he's a pretty consistent performer over you know, a number of years, particularly in, um, you know, cooler conditions and, and all of that. And so I thought, well, you know, it's a, it's a good challenge, you know, as far as seeing a challenge, I saw more of a challenge there than Frankfurt's field, for example. Um, you know, I'd raced David McNamee a few weeks prior to that at the end or a half. And, you know, I didn't have much trouble beating him with, you know, having done very little training. So I, I, I felt like Lionel was perhaps the bigger test. Um, and, um, that was the that was the reason to choose Copenhagen. So um, that was why I went along there and uh, see where I was at, and you know, um, and then obviously that was meant to be a bit of a see where we're at, and then you know improve for for Kona. But the rest of the season never happened. <laughs> uh, and, and what's what's interesting is Lionel being up there in the swim, right? That sort of changes the game when you come out of water and, and Lionel's right there. 
that's not necessarily mm. where you want that guy to be, right? Um, oh, well, I don't think it really matters, you know, where he is, um, you know, because, yeah, he, he's good, but um, there's obviously guys that have, you know, much bigger weapons than him in the sport. <laughs> so, um, you know, where, where Lionel comes out of the water or whatever is, uh, you know, I guess largely irrelevant. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you still got to ride, you know, quicker and run faster than him. And so, um, a minute or two here or there, you know, is it makes uh, little make to no difference really. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think. I mean, it might help him. It might help him help him feel like he's more part of the race and give him a little bit more confidence being further up there than you know he's somewhat maybe used to being. But you know, he's had a hell of a lot of success coming from behind, and I mean, I, I'm not sure. He's run a well. He, he did. He won. Uh, he won St George. Was it the half? No, I don't think he yep. won an Ironman this year, though. So, yep. you know, it's not like uh, I guess overall performance-wise, this it's actually changed much for him. Having said that, he's also racing good guys. You know, he, he took on Yarn. He obviously, I don't know if I'm a very good benchmark, but he raced me and he raced good stuff. And um, you know, maybe if he'd raced some other, well, he, he raced also in uh, Chattanooga and you know Joe Skipper and. Was, was quite a ways ahead too. So, um, yeah, I think it's great that he's improved. But, um, yeah, I guess he's also learning that it maybe isn't the be-all and end-all to, uh, to overall performance because he's probably had better races when his swim wasn't as good. <laughs> well, it's fascinating because I remember interviewing you with Tri Club a couple of years ago and you were saying that with Lionel, uh, like with the other guys, you, you obviously, your weapon is the bike uh, and you've gotten better at everything else. But Lionel, you didn't feel like Lionel had that one great, great part of his sport. He was a, a really good cyclist, not a great cyclist. And a really, you know, a, a runner at that point, he certainly improved his running and his swimming since. Do you still feel that way, that it's going to be really difficult for him without that that one weapon? <laughs> um, oh, well, I mean, obviously, it, it looks like in the sport unless you've got a weapon now you know it's hard to it's hard to stand out and hard to distance yourself from you know that that main main group um and you know i, I like myself our swim's never going to be our weapon <laughs> you know in the bike you know there's some there's some really strong cyclists you know in the sport now and um you know that you know, i guess in the last four or four or five years since i came along has been the biggest change in the sport that well particularly the last two or three years when i've started running fast everyone's realized wait a minute we actually we are going to have to learn to ride quicker and still run just as quick um which is which is great you know the the sport's been very good at at adapting to what i've done um and now you've got the norwegians and and patrick that have you know uh, langer that have uh, come in and and started dropping 230 marathons you know off the back of you know relatively strong bike rides so yeah, I mean, uh, with obviously with all due respect to Lionel, he, he sort of, as far as at the top of any of those categories, he's not really there. Um, but he's exceptionally good at all all three. And if you have a if you have a bad day or you you're not on it, you know, um, he's going to get you. So, you know, he's um, yeah, he's definitely a threat. He's a threat every time he races. And and like I said, you know, being able to go against him in Copenhagen was um was great for me because it just was a great benchmark because you know the guy's always very good and uh and it gives you a good idea of where you're at so um yeah obviously gave me a lot of confidence heading towards Kona but you know we never got there <laughs> so <laughs> I have to wait another year yeah. so you go, you go 402 on the bike you have a six and a half minute lead off the bike and uh, you end up breaking the course record by three minutes and I and 
then obviously, you know, Kona gets canceled. So knowing that Kona is not happening, uh, wasn't going to be happening in February or this, you know, obviously in October, how has that changed things for you? What, what, what are you working on now? Yeah. I mean, that race as well. I mean, the, I guess I kicked myself a bit because I, I obviously could have probably gone quite a bit quicker on the run, but you know, I, I just watched Elliot, you know, Kipchoge. I'm still trained, you know, the Nike guy, the group that worked with me used to work, you know, work with him. So I was, I was very up to date with what was going on, you know, in the build up to the Olympics. And we did some similar simulation stuff, the heat and, and whatever um, they worked on with me too, which was, which was great. And, Watching him the way he kicked away in that last sort of five ten k, I was I was I mean I, I don't I don't want to sound like a an arrogant, but I was sort of wanting them to come at me a bit. That was why I was quite controlled because I, I wanted to I wanted to do that. I, I love watching him just go whack and just drop them, you know. And and I thought right, Lionel, you know, you get within thirty seconds and then you're just going to find out, you know, that I can run. And um, in the end, I think he got within around a minute and I only had 4K left. So I was sort of running out of time to do any sort of kick. So, you know, to be able to stretch that lead out to nearly four minutes by the line, I think showed that, you know, I had quite a lot left in the tank. So, um, yeah, so that was that was great. But also with the fact that Kona then got cancelled, you know, I was a bit annoyed that I didn't really get to test what was going on. So, um yeah, so I guess it's just a case now of you know of waiting to see. I mean, it went to February and now now it's been cancelled. And you know, I went back. Luckily, riding with the cycling team, I was able to get back in the in the rotation for the end of season races, do some bike races, um, and then now um, you know we're taking the opportunity where there's no bike racing on to to do a good running block and to keep progressing that because I think that is is something I've improved a lot over the last mm-hmm. uh, two years. Um, and, um, and now we're, you know, building up to, uh, the Sacramento marathon, which is, um, which is next weekend just to, uh, run a, run a flat marathon and see what, see what that's like. So, um, I'm looking forward to that. And then, yeah, I'm straight on the plane after that and back to Europe and, um, we've got our first team camp, you know, start planning for 2022 back in Mallorca. So, uh, yeah, it's all systems go. No off season for triathletes. So will you be able, would you do both of the Ironman World Championships next year with St. George being so early in May and then Kona in October? Well, firstly, I need to qualify for Kona. I'm in a bit of a unique position that I haven't been in for a while. I've normally always qualified. So, um, yeah, I well, qualified. Didn't you, you, but I thought you qualified it, when, in Italy and then you just won Copenhagen. Yeah, but they apparently for, were for both the same one. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, so you so, got to yeah. do another one. I thought you yeah, were in for so both. I do another one. No, no. I, I mean, I, I felt that. Well, I, I just assumed it was a bit like the age groupers. We could either defer or, yeah, they were sort of saying yeah. you could, you do both. You qualify for Kona. You want to go to Kona, right? Yeah, personally, for me. You know, the um, the one in May is obviously not the greatest of timing. Um, I've committed yeah. to the cycling team. And right. and um, I'm one of 31 riders, and, and that is a very, very busy time of the season. You know, you've, you've got the classics period that is sort of just finishing. You've got the Giro, you know, starting and all the build-up races for that. And you've also got the, you know, the preparation part for the Tour de France. So um, while I, I don't envisage doing either the Giro or the Tour, perhaps I you know, the Giro might be, it might happen. Um, I'll certainly be needed in amongst all that to, to fill in and, and fill some gaps and, and do some racing myself. So, yeah, I think it would be pretty arrogant of me to think that I could, 
you know, be cycling and, and traveling around doing that and, 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 and rock up to a, you know, a race in May against all the best guys in the sport and, and, and feel like I could be competitive. So I'll focus on qualifying. And obviously when I get a chance, if I get a chance, when I get a chance to race in the first part of the year, that'll be the most important thing. And, um, and then, yeah, build up for Kona again. Assuming so you, I had, <laughs> you had an opportunity to, to be with Gustav at down in Ironman, Florida. You just did the swim in the bike. You were, it sounds like you were sick going, probably going into that. Yeah. I, I'm really not sure what happened. I, um, I woke up that morning and definitely felt a little bit off, but you know, you, you just take a few paracetamol and, and get on with it. And, um, you know, I got out, I had a great start to the swim. I was, I was bleeding for a lot of it. And, and, uh, and then, um, Gustav sort of, I saw him in his gold cap. So I sort of thought, okay, I'll just sit on you and noticed the pace dropped off quite a bit. I don't know if that, because I was there and they sort of didn't want to be towing me around, but then, you know, Lionel and all the other guys caught up as well. So it was a bit of a pedestrian swim. Um, and then on the way back to the beach, the last time, um, Justin Metzler and, and Gustav and, and Robert, we, we stretched it out and we got a good gap, you know, it was nice to, you know, I was confident my swim had improved quite a bit and, um, yeah, it was good to see that we were able to quite easily drop, you know, Lionel and the other guys when the pace actually really came on. Um, you know, we had 20, 30 seconds by the time we got to the beach, just in that last little, you know, few hundred meters. Um, and so, so that was good. And, and really that was all I saw of Gustav. I ran into transition with him, you know, had a quick hello and um, yeah, I uh, got on the bike and yeah, I sort of felt pretty flat at that point And um, yeah, 40, 50 K later, I was on the side of the road, you know, quite unwell. And uh, you know, it's one thing to, and as you know, I've, I've had some moments in the run over the years and, and still been out in Fort Macquarie, obviously, and uh, been yeah. a bit crooked, still been able to pull it together and win the race. But in this case, when that happens early on the bike, um, that's a long day. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I was there to race. I wasn't there to participate. And if I couldn't be up there with those guys, um, then, uh, yeah, I, I decided I'd, I'd just go home and, um, and get ready for my marathon. So it was just one race too many for the year. <laughs> when you look at your Gustav, where you know gets off the bike and goes two thirty four and goes seven forty two, uh, and then you've got uh, you know then you see what Christian did at Cozumel. Uh, obviously, the swim is is current aided, so thirty nine forty one. But four hundred two bike two thirty four marathon. These are times that are obviously it's not Kona, but. Those are still times that make you sit up and take notice. When you look at those two guys, are uh, yeah. when, when you're when you're racing, uh, those are two guys you ha- you obviously have to be concerned about now. <laughs> That's, there's no doubt about that. I mean, um, to be honest, I uh, I've been surprised that knowing that I'm not knowing the lack of running ability that I have. Knowing I'm very novice and the fact that I've run 245, I've been surprised that we haven't seen those running times from guys yeah. over the past years. But I guess it just shows, you know, how much the bike takes out of guys. You know, it's like look at a Tyler Butterfield. You know, he's run what a 219 flat marathon. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he's ever broken. Maybe he's, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Tyler, but maybe, maybe just under 240. Maybe. I'm not sure, but definitely not. You know, he hasn't run a 230 or anything, which no. you would think is well within that guy's wheelhouse um so yeah i mean it's 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 so great to see that they've finally broken that mold and um 
Um, and I expect to now see a lot more people doing the same thing. And I guess I, you know, in some ways, not as spectacularly as them because they've gone out and won. Having said that, I won a race my first year, but, you know, with what I did with the bike, it, you know, it was a 10, 15 minute shift, you know, year on year from what was happening before. And then all of a sudden, everyone very quickly, you know, adapted to that. And, you know, and we saw how spectacular Yarn was in, in Kona in 19. So um, I, I would expect that, you know, a lot of guys will, will react and, and I think we'll see, you know, a fair, I don't think we'll, I think we'll see a lot of competitiveness with those guys, you know, um, you know, going into the new season. So it's just great for the sport that they've been the ones that have, uh, you know, moved the goalposts. I love it. And, and so when I remember the first time we met was, I think it was 2015 Kona. Uh, was it, was Kona 2015 your first one? Yeah, after winning, after winning Whistler and yeah, with the thirty thirty four, and you know, the, Tim Reed was like, "Hey, you should interview my my friend. Uh, he's mm. he's a, a pro cyclist, but he's got a broken foot, so he, he qualified, but he's just gonna you know he's gonna go out there and, and see how far he can get." And you were mm. like, "Hey, if if Tim Reed can be good at this sport, anybody can." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But you yeah, look it's definitely at, a sport that rewards hard work. But you look at where you've come from, you know, 2015, and, and really you changed the game. Uh, people had to realize, okay, it's one thing if this guy can ride fast, but if he can run, then we've better figure out how to ride faster because that, that's been the biggest change in the last number of years is no, people were riding 415, 417 for 70 points. I mean, uh, two, 217, 215, they weren't riding – you know, 202 and they weren't riding four hours and 402 for, uh, uh, for the full, uh, mm. watching that and realizing the impact you, you had on the, on our version of the Peloton, uh, mm. it, what are, what are guys doing? Is it more indoor training? Is it more group work? Is it the technology? How are people going so much faster than they were not that long, not that long ago, they weren't going as fast. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say a lot of it is the investment in the equipment and the position. Um, you know, I don't think, uh, I mean, because if you look at the overall performance of the of the athlete, you know, you look at the swim times and the running times, they haven't changed so much. They've learned to adapt. Wow. So you would say that they're probably not that much better an athlete per se, but everything around that, um, you know, they're exactly, I mean, equipment is a big thing. You know, we've obviously seen, and, and this is obviously a delicate, you know, uh, topic that a lot of people bring up. I, I certainly haven't in the past, um, but the way the dynamic of the groups work and, you know, we're getting a lot more media coverage and, um, you know, a lot of motorbikes, a lot of all motorbikes out there and cameras and, and um, the way that sort of creates a bit of a vacuum. And, mm -hmm. you know, if sure. guys, guys kind of know if they can suffer just to survive, to, to be with someone, <laughs> that they might get somewhat of a you know a cushy um a cushy ride and and that's that's certainly no one's breaking the rules um it's just uh how it's sort of evolved um right. because you know if you know you look at when a gap does get formed finally the gap blows out very fast and so that would indicate that there is a big there is something going on with all that whole dynamic you know when you see a group of riders all together um, you know, guys lose significant time very quickly. I mean, in Copenhagen, I was quite fortunate because very early in the bike, we had, you know, a section of 
exposure with, with crosswinds, you know, and I was able to accelerate and get on my own and, you know, ride away quite comfortably. Um, but if you sort of... Um, don't get the don't get a moment where everyone is sort of in their own wind, so to speak. It yes. does become much more difficult for for anyone to to commit the energy to to make to blow the races apart. So, you know, um, yeah, it's great. We've got the more coverage, we've got the live coverage, and and more motorbikes and media and all that out there. But um, it's definitely having an impact on the dynamics of uh, particularly the bike leg and the, and the speeds that some guys are riding because. Um, yeah, you just see what happens the moment they get exposed. It's very, very different, and uh, at the pace, you know, from from race to race. So, um, right. yeah, that's a that's a big thing, and guys know it. They've studied it and they've learned how to utilize it. Yeah, they're not breaking the rules, so um, it is what it is. So, when you run Cal International next week uh, up in Sacramento, mm-hmm. do you have a specific goal that you're going to shoot for? Well, I'd like to run quicker than I have in an Ironman. I run two forty-five <laughs> a couple of years ago, so <laughs> it'd be it'd be nice to run quicker than that. But um, yeah, no, I mean, I'll um, yeah, just uh, yeah, just go and see what happens. You know, I'll I'll start I'll start in around the you know two thirty to two forty-five sort of group, and, yep. and see which group I find, and and try not to obviously get too excited at the start, and. Um, and see what see what I can do. You know, it was it was more a culmination of you know as far as sort of an objective to go and see how much I can bury myself in a flat marathon. It was more of a you know an opportunity to to do a nice little running block four or five weeks and um, and finish with with something and then you know move into the next phase being you know back at the team camp etc and going to Christmas. So um, yeah, but you know me, Bob, I'm a competitor. I'll uh, run as hard as I can, and um, ideally, though, I'll, I'll be a little bit uh, restrained, and um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I'll be able to bring it bring it home a bit stronger than I go out. That'd be that'd be the objective, and, and if I do that, I think I might surprise myself. When you look back at your triathlon career, is there one race that sticks out to you as this was the race that told me that I could be really, really good at this? Uh, you know, I'm always kind of looking looking forward. I mean, I guess it's funny that the two Scandinavian races I've done probably, uh, you know, obviously Sweden at the time had a huge, huge, uh, you know, it was a huge change. It was second, go to Kona, third, you don't make it. And uh, with the world rankings at that point. And, um, you know, that was obviously very significant, but more the performance I did that day, you know, as uh, I rode quite well, had a good lap gap, and and then that was sort of the best run I'd done to that point too. I ran just over three hours. I think I ran three hundred one, but you know that was where like okay, I'm I'm starting to starting to get this, and then you know Copenhagen, of course, you know we've had two years to think about getting ready for Kona, and I felt like I'd I'd kept my head down and kept focused on that and, and improved. Well, maybe you know the, the swim was was still something we we need to work on, but that's normally something we'll work on closer to the event anyway um but as far as where i was at with the bike and where i was at running um you know it gave me huge confidence to be able to be in the race you know one thing for example with the run um you know you you start to when when you start getting low on fuel or suffering you know you you're sort of just getting through it and and you Whereas with I noticed the whole time I was quite alert to the point where I put every gel in a rubbish bin. 
I actually ran off the course and actually had the time to go and put it in a bin, you know, and, and think about that. Like I, you know, normally you're just like, like a blobbering mess and there's stuff going everywhere. But I was so under control that I was able to actually really pick out the path, you know, make sure I didn't roll. I didn't roll an ankle once. I didn't slip on a curb, you know. I, it was um, it, that was a race where it gave me extreme confidence, leading really into Kona, that I could just sort of, you know, rock up to that event and um, having done a nice, you know, block of preparation and, and be very controlled in putting out a, you know, a high level performance and something to build on. Um, so, um, yeah, I'd have to say those those two races up in the, you know, the Viking country that would yeah, would yeah. be my my two. Well, what impressed me with Copenhagen is, you know, being a looped run course and, you know, you had that lead, but, you know, you were, you, you had to play math, right? You know, like, okay, they took out yeah. this much time out of me on that lap, but, you know, the reality is it's 120, it's 4K to go. Uh, mm. They have to do this. You know, you sort of want them to keep running hard because you want to see where yeah. you're at, right? You want, you want to, you want to push yourself, but at the same time, you want to win yeah. the race. So it's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it was interesting because I, yeah, yeah, I could see them coming. I mean, I'll be, you saw them a lot of times, and that was another great thing. You know, I was very clear in my mind, and I, okay, well, they're running two thirty pace, and okay, now you might go, okay, well, maybe they can do that. <laughs> but um, at the time, we hadn't had a Gustav or a Christian come out, you know, and 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 just let everyone know in the sport, hey, you know, guys, you're going to have to lift your game if you want to compete with us. Um, so I was very confident that you know Lionel or Jasper or you know, we're, we're going to uh, <laughs> run a 2.30 marathon. So I knew at some point they were going to break. Um, but um, as I said, I was sort of trying to, I mean, obviously also a bit strategic. I didn't want to get in the running race halfway through, so I wasn't going to go too slow. But I was certainly excited about potentially the last lap having a bit of a stoush and uh, if they kept up at that pace. But they, they kind of fell off it maybe a bit more than I expected and, yeah, in the end, obviously, I, I was able to just, you know, do it do it quite comfortably. But, um, yeah, it's, it was a big big thing for me to be able to do a race like that. And I can't – I definitely have never been in a situation in a race where I've been able to win it, you know, beat, um, you know, uh, yeah, someone like Lionel and who's, who's, a, who's a very high-level athlete and, um, and obviously break the record, um, you know, and um, – so yeah, that was that was a really good feeling that that reminded me, and probably a reminder after a couple of years of not having raced one. That <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm okay at this sport, and uh, and I've improved. You know, I've, I've worked, I've done what I can through you know this uncertain time we've all faced, and um, and come out of it a better athlete. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to 2022 because yeah, you know, ideally we're going to have a bit more structure. You know, races aren't going to get cancelled at the last minute. Um, you're going to be able to plan some stuff. And, um, yeah, I've got to go through the whole – it's a bit like the beginning again. Go through the whole, you know, um, qualifying r- routine. And that'll be a bit cha- bit more of a challenge because I need to obviously carve out a time between my racing schedule on the road to – you know, I'm not going to rock up at a race for the sake thinking I'm just going to qualify. You know, I, I, I do need to do a little bit of, you know, preparation. You know, the guys now are very, very good. Yes. And if you, you're, a bit, you're a bit off, you know, guys will make you pay. So, um yeah, carving out the right time to do that will be, you know, a bit of a challenge. But, you know, the team will work with me on that. We'll, we'll find the right opportunity. So looking forward to that. And obviously, I just want to get back to that big island and, yeah, yeah see where we're all at, you know. It's exciting. So who, who in the peloton could be good at, at triathlon? Who do, you, who do you see as guys that, you know, you train with who, 
you know what, if, if they jumped into our sport, they could do really well. Yeah. You know, I, I was asked a bit about this the other day about crossover athletes and, you know, and I said, Oh, they said, Oh, you know, he's really strong on the bike. You know, he, he should be a really good triathlete. I was like, well, we've kind of learned that that really doesn't actually get you where you need to get. You need to actually be, be a pretty good swimmer so that you can actually use your bike you know so for me the most important thing would be a good swimmer you know like to make sure you're in the race i mean i had a friend of mine from rowing todd skipworth a number of years ago you know he was immediately competitive because he was a national champion swimmer you know he probably could have gone to the olympics distance swimming and so he was immediately there and he could immediately get the group on the bike and you know be in the race and with me you know i had a bit of a swimming background from growing up in australia as a kid so you know i was able to and, the, and I have the peloton mentality of, of fighting to be in the pack and fighting for the wheel. And, you know, I think I do that quite well and probably swim way above my pool ability, for example, um, you know, out in open water. And so there's, yeah, the, the athlete, the, the cyclist, just being a great cyclist isn't really enough. You know, we've seen Adam Hansen, I guess, maybe struggle a bit more than he expected. You know, we saw Andrew Tulansky come in and, and go out pretty quickly. You know, guys that have got way more credentials as being strong cyclists than myself, um, but they couldn't swim. You know, they couldn't, or they couldn't do it comfortably enough to even be able to use the bike as a weapon. So sorry to make that, that a long no, So to answer your question, it, it obviously leads to very few. And, and one obviously is Richie Port because he can swim. Um, and the other one would be Victor Campenarts, who I actually had spoke to about um, this at the last race of the season. We're in um, uh, Milan Torino or Grand Pier. Anyway, it was one of them, Grand Pier Monte. It was the last race I did. And um, it was about 30K to go and everyone was nervous and edgy. And he rolled up beside me and said, oh, you know, I just want to say I really follow what you do and uh, yeah, it's really impressive. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, damn, man, I follow what you do and what you do is incredible. You know, you're our record and how fanatical you are. And yeah. He said, yeah, I really, I really want to do triathlon. I uh, used to be a very good swimmer. But, and I said, well, mate, that's the most, if you do want to do it, get in the pool now, start planning for it, make sure you're a good swimmer because just being, he'd actually, he was in Kona in uh, 2018. He was there watching a friend. Um, like he's he's really really interested and he's an incredibly smart guy and um that was my advice to him and he he agreed he said these guys these like these guys are strong on the bike we think oh yeah you come from pro cycling you're going to be the best but hell no i mean sebastian kinley obviously yarn you know sam long lionel um you know you got a bunch of incredibly strong i mean i know i'm missing out a lot of guys christian hoggenhard you know that are incredibly strong on the bike um, and honestly, you know, that type of effort, a four hour on a time trial bike type of effort after having to swim at threshold for 50 minutes, they are world-class, you know, and, and there's, and even Victor said, yeah, you don't, you're not just going to ride away from these guys and, and, and put hours into them. You know, they're, they're, at, they're literally, he'd done some calculations and he said he actually calculated that day with what he knew of me and what he knew, you know, of, of the, he felt I'd do around 4.10. He said, so you surprised me. You went a bit faster. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> the, so, the guy yeah. surprised me uh, was a Lucas Vogt. Uh, yep. uh, yeah. What he held on, he was a former Olympic swimmer, took what, 110, yeah. 120K to catch him on the bike? Yeah, absolutely. It took me 120K. I mean, to be honest, I, I, I knew of Lucas. I'd raced him in, in Italy. So I was aware that you know, I was potentially vulnerable in the run. So okay. once my, my concern was more worrying about getting rid of the rest of the guys before I worried about him. 
and once I got through to Jasper um, and I was on my own, I was like, okay, well, you know, I, I didn't even actually know where Lucas was. I was, but I was very, you know, in the end, I was like, wow, like this is actually taking a while before I can even see him. And I sort of started to see him toward, between, you know, towards the end of the last lap. And, and so then I just sort of, you know, even yeah. gave myself a bit of a break for 30K and just gradually caught him and then obviously carried on my, carried on my merry way. But um, he's, he's improved a lot because I raced him also in, uh, as I said, in Italy. But having, I had a great swim that day and I was only a couple of minutes behind and I caught him quite quick. Whereas, I mean, he looked, just i've never seen swimming like that i mean that was just beautiful um and he was like i think six minutes or so ahead of us and we we were still there in 49 minutes you know <laughs> so, <laughs> so he which is which is great you know he's um it shows that he, he he realizes that can be a weapon you know you look at lucy charles who is you know perhaps just a um a much more refined version of Lucas Voigt, where she uses the swim as a weapon. You know, she's learned to ride fast, and now she can run the run the legs off people as well. You know, which is which is exactly sort of as you'd want to see. You know, the evolution yep. of a of a top swimmer coming into the sport. Lucy is definitely the poster poster girl or poster person poster poster iron athlete. Um, yeah. You know, for for a top swimmer to come in. So um, yeah, I I always say that's what I say to the guys. You know, and and. I'm sure there's other guys in the peloton that can swim, but yeah, I think if they can't swim competitively, the level of swimming is also so high. You're just not even in, you're never in the race. It doesn't matter how good you are on the bike. You right. you know, you're going to either completely destroy yourself to even get anywhere near the front and, uh, and then you won't be able to run. So, <laughs> I look yeah. at this year. I looked at the, the, the person who was probably hurt most by not having Kona. I think Lucy would have been wire to wire. I think she would have mm. uh, come out of the water first road, and ran and never been seen anybody uh, this year. No, so. no, I, no. I, she seems in a league of her own and her ability to pop and change and jump between events, you know, it's, it's just so yeah. inspiring. It's fantastic to see. And, you know, we've got, if you look at cycling, you know, we've got this modern, you know, modern type of cyclist, you know, you've got a, um, you know, a Vanderpoel and a Welt Van Art and a, a Tom Pidcock that from weekend to weekend, they're doing different stuff and winning, you know, and, and also with Lucy, she's almost, you know, thrown out the script and gone back to the, you know, the McKeeley Jones and the Chris Super McCormick Lee. and the, yeah. uh, you know, the days where they just, and, and Craig Alexander, where they'll just do everything and, and win everything, you know, and Greg Welsh. Um, so, um, which is just fantastic to see. And I'm sure it makes everyone scratch their head a little bit, you know, the Daniellas, et cetera, thinking, gosh, what, what do we do here? Do we, do we, do we stay here focused on the, on this? And, and and do that or you know is, is she picking up some weapons by doing this other stuff that is you know making her basically impossible to beat um, yeah time well, will tell because we haven't been able to get back to find out yeah well the speed you know it's it's like with with gustav and christian you bring that raw speed in and yeah. you know you can you can take that across all three you're you're going to be really really tough to beat yeah, if you can't if you can't put some fatigue into those guys, then um, you know, yeah. or put them put them uh, make them uncomfortable at all in the first two disciplines, then uh, yeah, I mean, to run when you're running 29 minutes or whatever they do, and you know, running at a 3:45 pace to them is like a walk in the park. You know, yeah. I mean, they're, it's um, and that that makes sense. You know, from a physiological standpoint, it, as I said, I'm I've been shocked that we haven't seen it sooner. 
Um, and I admire the guys. I'm a huge fan of those guys, Norwegians. You know, they work their asses off. They tell you they tell you they work their asses off. They tell you they work hard and they go out there and perform. And, and that's um, that's always, you know, a yeah. great, great role models and, and great thing to see for the sport, you know. Real, you know, real, real champions you can feel like you can kind of relate to and in that <laughs> they work hard like everyone else and, um, and uh, yeah, very transparent. It's really, it's really great. Cam the man. Hey, thanks so much for taking time. And how, how's Wyatt Fallon? Everybody else doing good? Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're here in Maryland at the moment. So we found his family and um, Wyatt got his, uh, got a little snowboard the other day. So he's been in the, in the lounge room. Yeah. Strapped to that and getting him used to that. So we should have snow in the next couple of days. So yeah, 18 months and he's ready to go. Does the odd tail grab. And yeah, he's a, he's pretty, um, he seems pretty coordinated. So um, yeah, we've got our hands full. There's no doubt about that. He's definitely, he's definitely not like his dad. I'm a bit of a wimp. I'm not too much of a risk taker. Um, and uh, he seems just fearless. I guess most kids are, but um, yeah, he's definitely a bit different to me in that regard. So I don't know if we'll see him in endurance sports. I think he'll be a bit more of a, I think he'll be a bit more of a coordination type athlete <laughs> if he goes into sport, that is. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for taking time, bud. Always a pleasure to catch pleasure. up. Congrats on Copenhagen. That was, that was huge. And that was, so Wyatt probably, did he have a, now he's old enough to quite, to understand what daddy does, right? Yeah, yeah, he kind of got the clapping going on pretty good there. Yeah, he figured out how to do that. And, yeah, I mean, it was obviously pretty pretty special, you know. I mean, we obviously in Europe, there's still a lot of restrictions. But Denmark have got their own rule. They've got their own bubble and you pretty much live normally there. So we're able to go into Iron Kids and do the whole experience with him. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was just a great trip, you know. I mean, and it was funny after the race. Um, so we, you know, finished, did the presentation, et cetera, and it was just walking back to the hotel, which, was on the course and I had him on my shoulders just going along. Some lady stopped and said, Cameron, that's just not fair. <laughs> you don't even look like you raced. <laughs> and you're, you're out here with your son cheering everyone on, you know. Uh, you just you know, crossed the line 30 minutes ago. And, um, oh, yeah, great. but I'm sure, I, I guarantee you, I'm sure there was a lot of fatigue in there, but definitely having the family there makes you forget about all that, puts it all in perspective. And um, we had Fallon's sister was there as well. She was in town. She was visiting so we dragged her along so you know we had a bit of a tribe and um yeah no, it's uh, it's it was really special so it was, uh, i really enjoyed that i was glad with the cancellation of kona we at least got that this year and i think you were sporting the caf visor i definitely had the caf uh visor no or hat i think i might have had the full hat oh you went yeah. with the full hat i like it yeah it was, it was a strategic it was a, a strategic move well it wasn't for that it wasn't that hot but um it, there was definitely a lot of sun. It was a beautiful day, which is very uncharacteristic for Copenhagen. But it was um, obviously now with you know no touching, we don't have you know you have to go to special needs. You can't have people handing you stuff. So the hat was 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 great because I could put a heap of gels in it and run out of transition with it in my hand and sort of deal with it later. And I could load up my pockets with some gels and and things. So I didn't. So I only had to stop once for. Um, for uh for special needs because yeah as you know the visor is my weapon of choice but uh yeah yeah just for practicality i i went with the hat to um use as a as a little duffel bag as i ran out of transition <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah. brother for taking so much time always but i need a white it. one i need a white one you need a white I one i have a black one white yeah. hat yeah white okay. hat yeah white, white hat. okay hat. Yeah. on the way we'll, we'll get that yeah. to you 
Cam Worth yeah, has yeah. been our guest, everybody. Again, Breakfast with Bob, not quite Cone Edition. Thanks, Cam. Appreciate your time.